Hello everyone, this is your Fungin Master David Hallman. Before the episode gets rolling, I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the Enchanted Manor Meadery. The Enchanted Manor Meadery is the official meadery of the Texas Renaissance Festival and actually one of the first places in the alcohol industry that I work. They make very good mead with a variety of flavors ranging from traditional to Earl Grey. When everything goes back to normal and you can finally sit down with all your friends and family and play Dungeons and Dragons again. I think this is one of the best things that you can bring to the table to celebrate together with. And if you would like to buy some mead from them, you can go to mead.today and use offer code POD10 and that'll give you 10% off your order. Fear. It makes a strange bedfellow for those in the adventuring sphere. It can follow you and haunt you through every threshold you pass. But what happens when your fear is not shared by those around you? Do you show everyone why they are wrong? Why they should also be fearful? Or do you learn from them and find ways to climb above your own fear? Do the boughs hold you and keep you aloft? Or do the vines and... Does the gravitas of what you're doing pull you back to earth like a dead leaf? Uh, oh, okay. I, I am no good at metaphor, like my best friend, Cash Black. It's a pleasure to see him. He is extremely handsome, but it's, it's trees. You should fear trees. What I'm telling you is you should be scared of trees because trees are bad, and there's an entire forest surrounding this school, and we should burn it down... What happens if you get stuck in one, hmm? They have to call the fire brigade to get you down, and then people point, and then they laugh, and then they say, oh, he's scared of trees. But listen, really what I'm doing for you is a favor. Fear trees. You never know what's hiding inside of them. Best from afar, and far from the best. It's better than good. It's good, better, well. Your Fungin Master David Hallman with me as always are my friends and we're going to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons for your entertainment if you like feeling sad sometimes, which is semi-relevant. Don't don't brand us as the sad D&D podcast. Welcome to... Welcome to D&D, depression, and <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> I really thought you were going to start with, if you like, and I literally heard pina coladas in my head, and I was like, yeah, are yeah. we, this is where, this is direction we're going? And then you took it another direction, I was like, really, <laughs> now this is what you picked? Okay. If you like pina coladas, <laughs> and blessing all sacred flame. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> um, a new direction again. Yeah. I have no idea where we're going anymore. I yeah, so uh by this point we've reached the logical conclusion. Welcome back <laughs> to Good Better Quest. 
Uh, we are an advice podcast from the Matron era. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so previously on Dragon Ball Z, uh, Front and Direct talked about the fact that Front is also cursed by the Ristabeth. When everyone got together to figure out what went down, we all found out that Front asked for a favor of the tree to become uh, the greatest singer of all time. He was also cursed with the ring, and when the team looked at his heartstrings, they found that not only was the rest of his team cursed with the black heartstrings, but it seemed like a whole bunch of other people. Yardi came up with actually a really cool plan uh, that was executed so bad. Um, <laughs> but it got results, I guess. <laughs> but did you die? Um, yeah, but did you die though? So they, everyone was in the uh, the great hall feasting, and Yardi got a good glimpse of everyone who was cursed. Spoke to Sharith. Uh, Sharith also made a favor with or a deal with the tree to get an untamable mind of ideas. In the middle of this conversation, two things happened. One, one of Front's. Uh, teammates came in saying that he was in the infirmary and two a new black heart string connected everybody to the gyms one of which was missing so Yardi is is off doing something with cleric gym while Cash and Durak were in the infirmary finding out that Front's ring crept up his arm and broke his jaw Cash had a really cool conversation with the spooky tree and basically almost fucked himself over twice uh, to try and save front but it, it unfortunately didn't work but it was still a really really great moment and professor hollowwind threatened Dirac not to go into the woods and it's it was just professor hollowwind doing that david didn't do that david hasn't been telling everyone to stay out of the woods since season two, David has never said that. <laughs> David has never made allusions to the idea that the woods is a place that is not allowed. As far as I know, David has never said any of that. But seriously, stay the <laughs> fuck out of the woods. <laughs> fuck you, Doug. Fuck you. If, you. if you go into these fucking woods, you set one foot in these fucking forests. <laughs> You're the reason we can't have nice things. <laughs> You're the reason we can't go on hikes. <laughs> these woods used to be nice, right. Derek. They used to be nice. <laughs> All right. So now we're uh, we're with Yardy and Cleric Jim. Um, as they are heading towards the gate to the forests. Well, lead, lead the way here, Yardi. What, what's going on? Uh, uh, it's, it's just Cleric Jim with you. He's, he's nervous. He's, he's saying, wait, so what, what's going on? Why, why are we going after Jim? Think about all of your brothers with your heartstring in mind. And yeah. look, look at the color. He looks down and he sees the black heartstrings and he sees it going, you know, in, in all directions. He says, uh, what? 
Yardy faces them so that they're they're standing, you know, so that their chests are facing each other, so that their strings are completely straight. And he says, last semester, we accidentally made a deal with the... <sighs> with a magic wish-granting tree out in the forest. <laughs> and it seems that when you get a favor, that you owe it a favor. And apparently... Ranger Jim has just asked for a favor. So we are going to pick him up and make sure that he got anything good out of this. But you and I need to have a conversation with Salune as soon as we're done talking to your brother. So once he comes through this gate, tell him to go to the dorms. I'm sure there's something happening with the professors. We're going to have a meeting later, but you and I need to convene. On on your way there, like, uh, not too long after you say this, you actually run into Ranger Jim uh, coming back from the woods, unsurprisingly staring at his hand and, and just kind of looking around. Yardy just pitches in, goes, short story, you're cursed. Uh, we've, been, we've cursed quite a few people at this point. Uh, what did you get? Sorry, you can edit all of that shit out. Your face, <laughs> that shit was good. That was really, really, like, I bought it so hard. I was like, he is a kitty cat. <laughs> Ranger Jim looks uh, around. He says, I I don't, how did you, and uh, Cash, his 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 brother Jim uh, just, just kind of says, just stop. What did it offer you? And Ranger Jim says, I can turn into any animal I want. Kurt Jim just says, are you kidding me? And Ranger Jim says, yeah, he just, he, he said he, he wanted a favor. And I, this, the, listen, the stipulations seemed fair. All right. It has to be an animal I have hunted at some point in my life. That's fair. I plan to hunt a lot of things. I can turn into all of those animals. Like, and that, that's so cool. I can be, like, more in tune with nature, and I can, you know, be whatever. And Claire Jim's like, you could have become a druid. And Ranger Jim is like, yeah, but, like, the the path to becoming what I want as a druid is not conducive to the things that I want to become. You can't become super cool shit right at the start. You know, I want to be super cool shit, like, right now. And Claire Jim looks at Yardy and he says, I am so concerned about what this favor is going to be. And Ranger Jim says, I mean, it's not going to be that big. He's just like some kind of fey tree, right? Yardy, Yardy is standing there opening and closing his mouth, <laughs> sticking out one finger. <laughs> and then he takes a, a very deep breath and he looks at Cleric Jim and he goes... We need to convene now. I, uh, it was going to wait, but this is beyond stupid. I, I am flabbergasted that you're related to this man. You always seem so level-headed. This is the dumbest thing I've ever... Don't let him tell Cash what he wished for. I cannot imagine the consolation I will have to do. 
the back rubs, the hugs, and, you know, he's crying all the time when I'm around. I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> I know I'm going to have to help with that one day. So keep this under wraps. Send him back to your brothers. We need to talk. Cleric, Cleric Jim looks at Ranger Jim, and he says, Go, just, just go home. Go, go to the door. We'll talk later. Ranger Jim's like, but I didn't, I didn't do anything. And he's like, just go. It's like, this is so unfair. And you see him spread his arms and the ring envelops him in vines until he looks like a giant hawk made of vines. Oh. And he flies away. Yardy wants to shoot over his nose. A warning shot over his bow. Give me an attack roll. That's a nat 20. Oh boy. Oh. I don't want to hit him. I just want to I just want to That's the thing though. That's the thing though with a crit. I feel like you kind of have to. I feel like that that means I critically I think he means he hit what air. I want to do. Yeah. So like he hit the air above me, him so fucking hard. Let me let me paint a picture for you of something that happened that is like the reason I have this. For things that are like non-lethal, if you get a crit, like I was I was trying to knock someone out, made an attack roll, got a crit, and killed them. <laughs> um I t- I tell you what, I tell you what. Roll a D6 for me. On a one, you hit him. But on anything else, you succeed perfectly in what you wanted. Five. Okay, cool. <laughs> you uh, you shoot right, right over the bow, and you just hear, Caw! But it's very clearly not an animal going call. <laughs> it's just, just Jim. Yeah. My my hope was that he would transform back into Jim and I could scold him some more, but as long as it scared him, yeah. I, Yardy's happy. He's he's flying back. Clear Jim looks up at that and he's like, okay, but you gotta admit, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yardy is not having this. <laughs> I don't care how cool it is. It came from a tree, and anything that comes from trees, I, I am honor-bound to dislike. Okay. <laughs> but he uh, he turns to Jim and he goes, "Now we need to we need to pray. Uh I just have one problem. I've never actually done that and I don't know where we can do it. So if you could guide me to where we go to to do that, I'll do the rest." Jim says, "It's okay, bud. I I understand. It's um the thing about Salune is y- you can't really commune with her during the day." It really is dependent on the night. And oh, it's... look at that. It's nighttime now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, Claire Jim says, you, you know, meet, meet up with me tonight. We'll, we'll talk to Salune. It, I, do, I will ask real quick. Is there anything anyone else wanted to do today? <laughs> oh, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to Cash. Like, real bad. Okay. All right. So they get out. All right. So they walk outside of the... So Durak walks out of the infirmary a few moments after Cash, and he sort of trots up behind him. Okay, now Doug doesn't remember this exactly. Now I know that there's a heartstring between Cash and Moth. 
Did Durak yes. see that happen? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think he already saw it, but I don't think uh, Durak saw it. Okay. How long ago was... This is like months ago, right? Yeah. That this shit happened with Moth, right? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Durak in just sort of a desperate bid. And because Durak really, really, really thinks that Moth is just the coolest shit ever. He pulls up next to Cash... Um, and he goes, um, hey, look, man, I think the only thing that we might be able to do is, uh, is get in touch with Moth. Now, I don't know how to do that. You reckon, uh, maybe you or, or Six might know how we might go about doing that? As soon as Durek says Moth, the hair on the back of Cash's neck just stands up. And even after having this scary conversation with this tree fay thing looks somehow more terrified by hearing Durak say moth and just stops and doesn't look at Durak and just goes who who what moth I haven't taught I don't know anything about her or her past and I don't know why you would ask Siggy, Siggy's walking with you guys, and she goes, "All right, is that sus as hell? Is that is that sus as hell to you, Durak? That is pretty sus." Durak is unfazed by by all of this, and he goes, "Um, look, we can talk about all this stuff later. Do you know how we can talk to Moth?" Oh, uh, how about you, me, Siggy, and Yardy? Meet outside the Hall of Infamy after dinner. I... Direct loves the sound of that. Loves the sound of that. Siggy's <laughs> Ciggy, like, all right. Um, ominous. Just a little bit, little bit ominous. But okay, cool. Yeah. No, we can do that. Um, I'll head on over there. I mean, that's what happens. Durak just heads on over there. <laughs> to the Hall of Infamy? To the Hall of Infamy. He doesn't He doesn't need dinner. He just ate all those Fruit Loops, man. Like, I mean, he's just going to go. I was just going to say, it's, it's fucking breakfast. He's just going to stand yeah, there he is. He for is. like well, eight he's hours. He's stand there. He's going to sit there. So he's going to go. Yeah. And he's going to go to the Hall of Infamy. And he's going to sit down in the shadiest, nicest place there is. And he's going to nap until it's time for folks to be around there to meet up to go do the adventure in. See, so you know in Fallout when you have to wait somewhere mm -hmm. and you you just you hit select and you choose to be there for like eight hours mm -hmm. and you just stand there and watch time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. move by. Mm -hmm. I've always wondered what it looks like to passers by in the game when you do that. You just you just sit still for <laughs> like ten fucking hours. Like just staring ahead, and someone's just like, "You good, buddy?" And you just nothing. <laughs> um, so that's what I imagine. But you going to sleep just like on a bench in the hall entrance there is yeah so much better. You get and it. And Siggy's uh, not too far working on your hand axes. Right on. Let's let's skip ahead to the evening then. Jim leads you to the Hall of Religious Studies, which is an enormous temple with 
small rooms that are shrines to all gods, old and new alike. There's a basement, a regular floor, an upper floor, and all sorts of little rooms dedicated to letting people, you know, following this path, commune with their god. And as you enter, there is a, uh, a red tiefling woman in armor, and she greets the two of you at the door, and she says, Oh, Jim, who's this? And uh, she she holds out her hand, and, and she says, Nice to meet you, hun. I'm Darlene Sugarfoot. I'm head of religious studies here. Yardy takes off his hat and bows very deeply and <laughs> puts his, his big old nose onto her hand and comes back up and says, my name is Yardy Dribblejaw. It is my first time here, so please be gentle. She, uh, she, she nods and she says, "Yeah, there, <laughs> there ain't no, ain't no need to to clarify to be gentle. This is a very calm and chill place. You know, we, we just, you smell a a hint of like incense coming from this room, and as as you walk further into it and you pass a staircase, you smell like sulfur." And she says, uh, which, uh, which room would y'all like? Wh- which room are y'all feeling today? Jim says, the moon room. And she says, of course, of course. You brought someone else with you, so I just want to be sure. All right. And she, uh, she claps her hands and she says, all right, get on, go get. <laughs> Jim leads you to the moon room. He, he leads you upstairs. One of two rooms on the upper floor of this building. There is one that is just a glass uh, dome similar to the greenhouse uh, that is very obviously devoted to whatever the sun god is. I believe it's Lathander. And say it with confidence, the other man. One, just say it with confidence. Huh? You're the DM. We can edit this shit. Say that with confidence. <laughs> It's devoted to Lathander, and I'm positive of that and have zero doubts. He is the, he is the morning lord. <laughs> that's actually that's actually true. That's um, solid. Yeah. And then the other one is completely shrouded, except for, much like in the artificing room, an oculus in the center of the room. And the moonlight shining through it is the only light that's needed to illuminate the entire room clearly. In the center of this room is a small reflecting pond, and Jim kneels down on one of two pillows in front of it, and he gestures to you to kneel in the other one. Before Yardy goes over there, as they close the door behind them, he puts his name onto the door with seven little stars around the Y. Nice. He turns back around and he comes to the the other pillow and sits down next to Jim. He guides you through the steps. He, you know, he, he just says you, you just, you breathe out, you relax, and you attempt to reach out to her. And if she, if she thinks you need her, if she knows that you need her help, she will come. Never look for her. Never try to look at her directly. Yardy turns to Jim and says, I have only interacted with Salune twice, and I have a request of you. He pulls out the handkerchief in the mirror 
and he places the mirror in the middle of the little reflecting pool, and he places his, what's now a handkerchief, but was the blanket that Salune gave him after their first interaction, and he puts it onto one of his shoulders. And he says, I would like for you to channel her while I'm giving my prayer. If you would be so kind as to grab onto my handkerchief on my shoulder, it's where she has reached out to me both times that I've had the opportunity to talk to her. This levity is not easy. It does not come natural to me, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get her attention. I don't need power. I don't need strength. She, she has given me all of that already. She has put me on this path. But my friends are in enormous danger. And that is something that I refuse to let stand. Jim is, is looking at you and he's, he's nodding and he says, Yardi, I don't need to channel anything through you. You, you can, you can talk to her. You, you've spoken to her before. You said you've met her twice, right? That's twice more than I have. Yardi's eyes go enormous when he hears that. And he just goes, oh, uh, I kind of thought that's how it was. I, I didn't know that was a special thing. No, Yardi, she she only shows herself to those that, that truly need her in their time of need. Other Besides that, she just she just lends her power to those that fight for her cause. You've actually met her. Yardi, Yardi takes the handkerchief off of his shoulder and just folds it, puts it back in his pocket and goes, Indeedly, I have. <laughs> um, he, he looks back at Jim and grabs his tail where he's got his little fire in it. Yeah. And the ember that's outlined in silver, he, he blows into it a little bit to kindle it. Just yeah. Tries to get the silver to come out a little bit more. And yeah. He hands the end of his tail to Jim to hold on to and goes, well, uh, if I don't need to, to channel, uh, I would like you to at least accompany me. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. And he, he, he just kind of looks down for a second and he's like, I like all the rules I just told you, those were just, those are what I've always been told. I've never had to actually use them. I, I'll be frank, Yardi. Most of the time I'm interpreting what she wants. It's, it's from subtle signs. But if you've actually spoken to her, wow. Well, she, uh, she saved my life once. I, I was, uh, stuck in a well for a couple of days. And, uh, <laughs> I've, I've really been in her debt ever since. So Yardi, the, the mirror that he put in the pond, he positioned it so that he could see his shoulder because that's the only place that Salune's ever touched. So he's just looking for, he's not looking for her face. He, he's just, he saw her hands on the, the table when he was working on his gun the second time and yeah. he felt her hands when she 
put the blanket around him. That's the only interaction he's had. So he, he's not trying to like catch Salune out and see her face or something. He's just trying to remember those times. Um, so with, with Jim holding on to his tail, he gets quiet for a couple of seconds. And then he looks up at the moon and says, Listen, I... I know you're busy. You you have a lot of followers, and this is probably small beans to you, but it seems that it's growing faster, and I don't want my friends to get hurt. I don't want them involved in this any more than they have to be. If you can just show me what to do. Don't even show me what. Show me where to go. Just point me in the right direction, and I will do whatever you ask. And he lowers his head and, and just looks at the reflecting pond. The minute you look down, you see in the mirror there is a hand on your shoulder. That same alabaster hand. And you know you see that, but then like looking at the reflection pond, you also see the glowing outline of a woman with long white hair and and you can't make out her face it's you know a, a reflecting pond but you can see the silhouette of her and she says i cannot intervene directly but what i can do i channel through you and I trust you to use it wisely. And you, you feel this hand go from your shoulder up to your hat, where she takes it off. And out of the corner of your eye, you can see her put it on Jim's head. And you see Jim isn't moving. Jim isn't. It, it's almost like time has frozen. And it's confirmed when you look down at the reflecting pool and see that the ripples aren't moving. And she begins to scritch Yardy's head. Purring just erupts from Yardy. She says, you have faith in me, yes? It is the base of my being at this point. Well, I have faith in you. And I know that you will do everything within your power to make things right. And she she reaches her hand down to on your back to your shotgun, your your sorry, your blunderbuss, and the room is brighter for a moment. She says, "For most of my followers, they have a divine symbol or casting spells, but for some of the more destructive things you will need to do to keep your friends safe. Use this. Yardy doesn't like, he knows his gun is there and he's figuring that's what she's touching and he's he doesn't want to turn around. Jim said yeah. that you're not supposed oh, yeah, to look yeah, at yeah. her. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. My bad. I well, I mean, you know it's it's your blunderbuss. You know it's your blunderbuss. Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry I cannot help more. I'm sorry I cannot 
snap my fingers and fix things. But by giving you the powers I do, I trust you to do what I can't. Yardy sits up a little bit more and he says, knowing that you have faith in me gives me the strength to equal the friends that I have. And I think that together, not much is going to stand in our way. I cannot begin to thank you for everything that you have done for me, but I can deliver your message to those who would stand in our way. You hear a soft laugh and you can make out actually a smile in the reflecting pond. And she pats you on the head twice. And she says, um, go forth, Yardy Dribblejaw, Earl of Biscuits. And she disappears. And time resumes and Jim is wearing your hat <laughs> and holding your tail. He's, he's just very, he's quiet and calm. And he does not know that anything happened. Yardy lets him still hold his tail, but he, he shifts so that he can look at Jim. And he just pats the hat on his head twice. Just boop, boop. Just to show Jim that he's now wearing it. Jim kind of shakes his head and he says, why'd you do that? Yardy unslings his blunderbuss and just holds it out in front of him. Your blunderbuss was your shitty gun, wasn't it? Yes. It is now is made of polished birch. The barrel of it is now pristine brass and inlaid in the barrel of it are seven stars. And Jim looks at it and he just says, holy shit, dude. You just, you just got into this? <laughs> 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 Yardy just looks at him and, and raises his shoulders. I, 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 I kind of stumbled into it, but I, I think, uh, I think it's working out pretty good for me. Um, would you like to accompany me back? Uh, I, I need to, oh, I need to unpack a lot of this, but we all need to talk with our respective teams on our next steps. Absolutely, but Yardy, I, I just want you to know the, the fact that she is talking to you, that's big. Like, Yardy, all of us, all of us that follow her feel her. But not all of us talk to her. And the only ones that do, they're her champions. And I can't, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little jealous, but even more than that, I'm proud and I'm excited for you. And anything you need, you tell me. Yardy slings his, his blunderbuss back and he, he puffs out his chest really big and he, he grabs Jim by the shoulders and says, I may be her champion, but You've helped me on this journey. You have as big a hand in this as I do. Don't ever forget that we're in this together. And he gives him a big old hug. Yeah, he he, he hugs you back. Predator handshake. Um, yeah, predator. predator <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. Did you really want to unpack stuff like on 
on Mike or? Well, no, I mean, like, I, I know we were going to meet up at the Hall of Infamy, so I wanted to get back with my team. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what is the blunderbuss now? It's still the blunderbuss. It's just I now we're we've just flavored it. Okay. Um, it just it looks is pretty. Like everybody knows about divine smite for you, right? Yeah. Or, or what is it? It's just channel divinity. I forget what it's called. Channel for, divinity. Yeah. That's what it is. It that's how you channel divinity is through your blunderbuss. God damn it! I love it. Yeah. Got it. So it's the blunderbuss plus now. <laughs> <laughs> the blunder plus. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, the full moon boom! Oh, 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 that is it. That's what I'm calling it now. That's the one. Yeah, write that down. You get. Did you know that you can change the name of your weapons in D and D Beyond because it's never been easier? Wow! Tell um, me more, David. Hey, guess what, guys? The dice is still all stuck on my screen from when I rolled it earlier. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Are you serious? If it's if it's still there when we're done recording, I'm screenshotting it. Intensity. Oh my god! <laughs> it's never been easier to look at one d twenty. Oh my god! Okay, so you meet back up with Cash at the Hall of Infamy. Well, and you see Direct. Oh wait, go ahead. I was Sorry. Say, hold on. I I want to do an entrance. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> of course you would. Of course you would. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone else goes to the Hall of Infamy. <laughs> Drag's still asleep. Okay. All right. I use my cape of the mountebank. <laughs> anyway, it lets me cast Dimension Door. And so <laughs> I'm gonna. Everyone's standing outside the Hall of Infamy. <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk in. To the range, and, I'm g- and I can see them all just like chatting amongst themselves. And I'm gonna use my cloak <laughs> and just whip around so that I'm behind all of them inside <laughs> the hall. <laughs> and I just stand there for a second while I wait for them to, you know, like a lull in the conversation to happen. <laughs> and I just go, I'm glad you all could have made it. And I just. <laughs> 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 ah! It has to be dramatic. Siggy. <laughs> Surprise, oh. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Siggy, uh, like, as soon as you do that, just, like, tons of tiny little pieces go flying everywhere. And she's like, ah! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> just, like, springs and, like, nuts and bolts. Just... <laughs> And then, and then she glares at you with a smirk, and she says, "Well, Cherry, get him!" And the tongue comes out and just licks the floor, and just like like a magnet, all of the parts stick to it and go back into the mouth. And she says, "You made that happen." <laughs> I've never regretted any single decision in my life more than this one. <laughs> Up to this point, I, she looks. She looks at your ring and she says, "Are you sure? Are, are you, you sure about oh, that?" I'm sure, Siggy, because that was pretty disgusting. I'm gonna All have right. nightmares about that one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, she like she nods. She says, "No, that's that's fair. The ring is just spooky. This is gross." <laughs> I'm glad you've admitted it. <laughs> and oh yeah, no. Listen, Gond works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Cash takes his cloak and puts it back over his face so it's dramatic again. 
and walks over to uh, where Moss' portrait is. And doesn't just kind of stand next to it for a moment. And addresses the team and says, As you all may have known, Moth and I are, um, how should I put this in a nice way, intertwined in a romantical, uh, not, you know, it's, it's, it's modern day. I don't have to explain these things to you and my friends. Throw the elbows, Durak. <laughs> I almost expected Durak to interrupt and go like, Moth and I are... <laughs> no, no, I did have, I did want to interrupt, but I wasn't quite sure when to do it. Um, yeah. So when, when, when Durak, all right, so here, here we go. Uh, when, when Durak, when Durak hears all this, he just like sits up real hard. He's like, do what? <laughs> yes, it may come as a shock to many of you, but uh, what may come as more of a shock, and then this is the part where. Uh, Cash starts getting really sweaty and fidgety, as Cash does, and goes, I have to re- I have to reveal something. I cannot keep this secret any longer, as it has haunted me. And Cash just dramatically points over at the portrait and says nothing Every- else. <laughs> yeah. Siggy stares at it, and she says... Yeah, that's a drow. And then she looks at the name plate underneath and she says, Oh. Uh, oh. 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 And just the finger keeps going from that to to you. And she goes, Oh. 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 And Cash is just uh, gesturing oh. back and forth <laughs> between the portrait and the name plate. And then back to the team. <laughs> and then the portrait. <laughs> Durag's looking at Yardy like, do you get this, man? <laughs> y- y- Yardy just looks at Durag and like, Cash really likes Moth, so do I? Siggy's chair, <laughs> cherry fucking raises. Siggy grabs the back of both of your heads and like points it <laughs> at this plaque at the bottom that... <laughs> That says Moth's full name and wanted, dead or alive, bounty immeasurable. And she says, that's Moth. <laughs> I would like to think that Durak and Yardi have the, the same response where we both just slowly stand up <laughs> and just look at Cash. Just, uh-oh. And Durak, Durak, uh-oh. Says, Durak says, how come she ain't got a mask on? That ain't what her face looks like. Well, she ain't got no face. She got a mask. She got a mask. (laughs) Oh, trust me, boys. She has a face. Gross. Gross. Don't listen. Ugh. You've just. Never mind. Yardy gets close to to Cash and, and whispers into his ear. Listen, I know you have a string. Uh, I might not like your girlfriend, but she is very, very powerful. Do you think you could get her in on this? Do you think she'll help? <sighs> That's what I'm scared of. I mean, Durak, I know you brought up that uh, she could help. <laughs> uh, 
But I talked with Professor Baltana, who is her sister, <laughs> by the way. I'll spare you guys the details of the spooky office visit I had, where I almost beat my <laughs> pants. <laughs> but she says she could be toying with us. I mean, not with me. I'm so ruggedly handsome. How could she? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I can pull the women in. I don't need to be manipulated. So she's definitely not doing that to me, but you guys should be careful. She could be manipulating you guys. So what do you think? I mean, if we're going to reach out to her, we as a group need to know what we're dealing with. And Cash just keeps kind of gesturing at the wanted sign and all the crimes that are listed. Direct looks at Cash. We're all alone, right? It's just our team, right? There's nobody else extra? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. sorry, sorry. Direct has been, you know, silent during this whole thing pretty much. But he, he looks at Cash... And he makes, like, really strong eye contact. And he says, look, I drank with her. I fought with her. She saved my ass a couple times. And that's more than I can say for anybody else that's here. So, Cash, if you can get her, you got to get her here. Or we got to get to her. Because I don't know what anybody else is capable of, but I do know what she's capable of. Right. Well, let's see what I got. <laughs> and Cash closes his eyes and thinks about the time when, you know, they first formed their heartstring. And also goes back to the time that they, you know, their foreheads touched and she could see into his mind to try and find that dagger hilt. And Cash just is trying to channel that, those emotions he felt that, you know, whatever was going on at that time, and really focuses in on Moth's heartstring and kind of whispers to himself, Moth, please, there's some really fucked up shit <laughs> happening, and um, I don't know that I can deal with it alone, and we could really use you right now, so if you're out there, can you give me a sign or, you know, uh, slide in my DMs, <laughs> you know? Oh my god, that was really <laughs> stupid. You, you hear... You, the, the string vibrates and you, you hear her voice go, New string, who dis? <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> So you say, give give me some kind of sign. Yeah, something that I know that she she's out there, she can hear me, or she knows I'm thinking about her. You hear to your right, in the entryway to the Hall of Infamy, you hear someone clearing their throat, and just... <clears throat> and you look over, and it's Professor Baltana. And she says, Damn it. <laughs> I have a job for you guys. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt whatever this is, but a, a job has come across my desk and I, I need to speak with you. And she turns around uh, and begins to walk away. Your heartstring, I, I will say, your heartstring is not... I'm, I'm looking at you guys. Your heartstring is not going towards Madia. No, no, no. I was thinking that. I was thinking oh, that okay. real hard. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I, look at, I look at the group and I say, you hear that? 
She wants me. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> Yardy just looks at Cash and goes, Of course she does. You're you. Look at you. <laughs> we all heard it. And Durak just like walks past him and follows uh, Valtana. <laughs> we all follow. You get... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, David. I don't, I, these Latana sisters, I can't keep them off me. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm sorry. You said she had a job for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Today's GM was David Hallman. Players are Kate Huff, Doug Hawley, and Nolan Lacey. Music provided by TabletopAudio.com and Kevin McLeod. As always, thank you for listening.